You're listening to the Ambitious Mama Podcast, and I'm your host, Krista Rialba. Hey, mamas, Krista Rialba here, and I hope you are ready for some next level conversation. I hope you are ready for some like cold hard truth. I hope you're ready to really level up, to boss up because that's what our next guest has done for me and I believe will do for you as well. Her name is Lindsay Teague Morano and I am just so grateful that I had the opportunity to dive in deeper. I'm reading her book right now, I'm devouring her podcast, and I'm actually going to be sharing a stage with her coming up um, in San Diego at an amazing women's conference that's going down. So, so excited, so honored. So let's get this party started, ladies. Get ready for some truth bombs. Get ready to kind of buckle up because if you're ready to take your business and your life to the next level without excuses, Lindsay is your girl. Let's do this. All right, Ambitious Mamas, I am here and I'm so excited to be with Lindsay Teague Morano. So Lindsay is a, I can't even believe this, a seven-figure income earner with a direct sales company, but that's only a small piece of what she does. She is the author of Boss Up. She is the host of the Boss Up podcast, which I'm currently just totally binging. Uh, <laughs> she is a speaker and she is, like, would you say a serial entrepreneur? I would say serial is probably <laughs> a good way to put it in a non-psycho way. <laughs> But she is here to encourage us ambitious mamas to boss up and get out of our own way now, yes. not when our kids are older. Yes. Now. Yes. 100%. <laughs> right? so let's do this. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited too. So I have to share that when I received the package from Lori and team over at USANA Health Sciences, they sent two books. Do you know what other book they sent? No. Okay. Oh, getting what they send, getting those and boss up. I have no idea. I just know boss up. So they sent boss up, which Mm -hmm. is your book, of course. Mm -hmm. And they also sent, and I think this is a really interesting conversation. They sent these two and Harvard business reviews book on emotional intelligence. (laughs) I love that. Is that in, was that in conjunction with me? Like introducing me? Oh, that is my favorite thing in the world. (laughs) That is awesome. Those are both great books. If I do say so myself, Uh, but I love being in the same conversation as emotional intelligence. I love it. (laughs) And I was like, okay, that's the beginning of the podcast right there. Because now that I really understand more about what you're about, it's such a truth teller and just like no nonsense, like really owning that and that word authenticity is like so overtly used but oh it is really really speak the truth and you encourage the truth i try (laughs) you sure do you sure do um now ei emotional intelligence this is probably the most underestimated business skill i know you have it i agree (laughs) 
like, let's talk to the people here. Like, why is it, what is it? And what is it important in your words? Awesome. Okay. So I talked a little bit about this in Boss Up too. So if you want some additional information, I highly suggest that you seek it out because I believe the secret weapon is your biz in your business is your, um, your confidence, your ability to believe in yourself. But I believe the biggest weapon that you can create in your business is emotional intelligence. EQ is extremely important. It's your ability to understand what someone else needs from you in a conversation or how someone else is perceiving you. Each of us have a wide variety of personality traits and, and styles and how we communicate, how we go throughout our day and how we perceive the world around us is based on our previous experiences or what our parents were like or how they raised us. And EQ basically is you standing outside of yourself and saying, okay, in this conversation, I'm observing myself, right? There's the I and the me. <laughs> and mm -hmm. really what it is, is you, I, adverse observing me. The I is the observer. So you're observing yourself having a conversation with someone and then determining what does this person want or need from me? What do they think of me? How I'm talking right now? And, and as a person who just comes out and says what they think, I often get accused or I, I am perceived as kind of a jerk at times or um, that I am trying to pull people down or that I really like to argue. And none of those things are true. It's just that my personality type can often be perceived as that because I will just come out and say with the fewest words possible exactly how I feel so we can get to the point and solve the problem. <clears throat> but that often comes across as crass or um, intimidating. And that's never what I want to make people feel. And it took me until about my mid to late 20s to understand um, people are not perceiving you the way you think. And this is why you're having a difficult time creating lasting relationships. Mm. Um, I had a very good close inner circle of a small amount of people that understood me and knew me very deep. And then anybody that was outside of that had a hard time connecting with me. And that was because of the way that I was communicating and not having very high IQ, EQ and understanding how I was come across, how people were perceiving me. And as soon as I started to be able to put myself in the shoes of a person with a different personality type, I started mm -hmm. to understand how, how my words could come across, how my tone could come across. And I was able to eat more easily connect with people. And so mm -hmm. it's really about understanding, um, you know, how people are perceiving you and, and, really kind of breaking people down by personality type. And I have found that one of the greatest tools for that is, has been the Enneagram for me, understanding mm -hmm. the different personality types and the styles, um, the way people behave and what they're like t tend to do, the things they run away for, from or the things they run around, away, or, sorry, run toward can give me a hint about what somebody would need from me or how they would like me to speak to them in order for us to communicate the most efficiently. And because of that, my sales numbers have been extremely high because I can understand, hey, this person is a little bit softer. They're going to come across a little bit softer, so they're going to have a little bit more trust. I need to make sure not to ruin that by coming on too forceful at the mm. beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's just little things like that to remember. There's tons of stuff that you can study on it. Uh, and it's, it's one of these skills that actually can be learned. It's not something that you have to have from birth. A lot of people do and great salespeople, I think, do. But uh, it doesn't necessarily mean they were born with it. Yeah, it's true. Now, um, our CEO over at USANA, he is just really honing in on this skill for, for all the leaders. And, and he said that once you develop this, companies as a whole, the profits will increase. I agree. 
and like such a huge correlation, right? And it's like, I think it's it's huge. And it's, I know working with women um, specifically, um, and my most of my team is women, yep. there's so many different, just like you said, types of personalities and mm-hmm. being able to honor and celebrate everyone. Yes. Um, for how they learn and how they want to be communicated with is a really, yeah. yeah. I love this. I'm actually, I'll tell you uh, a secret. And that is that I'm actually in the middle of writing my next book right now. And I am touching on this exact thing in more detail than I did in boss up. So boss up, you're going to get kind of like an overview on how this could actually affect your business right now, as you're growing, as you are like vision casting, where are you going to go? How are you going to speak to people? What are you going to deliver for them? Mm-hmm. But I'm working on a book right now that's based on how to use this skill in your sales to get your customers to say yes to you faster. So uh, I'm super excited that you guys are excited about it. Cause that tells me at least that I'm actually meeting a need in the market, people that, that need more information on this from people that are studying it right now, not 20 years ago, not 40 years ago, not at Harvard, but in your exactly. own backyard, in your community. <laughs> you got it, girl. And I know that like my team is going to be able to, to, you know, really devour your resource Probably more so than something that's from our. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so because I because what I always try to remember is that business can be extremely boring. <laughs> yeah. This is another thing. Like you have to realize, like, hey, look, I'm in a business that tends to be extremely dry. If mm-hmm. I can bring any amount of personality and bring who I am into the content people are going to be able to retain it longer and then apply it to their lives better. So I always try to be, bring a little bit of entertainment as I speak about stuff that could be a little bit boring, especially in my stories, I'm self-deprecating. Uh, so I think if you're, if you're interested in it, but you're thinking I'm going to fall asleep about five words in, I got you <laughs> grab boss up. And then from there, start to kind of like reach out for uh, people that are studying the topic now and not a long time ago, not from big research companies. Absolutely. And for me, I think it's just about living in a drama-free zone. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Well, that's true. Which is real good. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's not like, why did she say that? What does yeah. that mean? Like right. in all these things. Well, and but you it- start to realize like everything that everybody, proje- like everything's a projection. Nobody, yeah. it's all about their past experience and how they're viewing you. And, and that has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. And as soon as we start to realize that our own thoughts about other people and about what other people are saying are a hundred percent about us and not about them, our world will be so much easier to navigate. <laughs> oh, yes. Amen. Okay. So um, when Lori, so Lori Truman, who I hope to actually have on this podcast, she's such a, like, just such a boss, babe. Love her so much. She's such a huge leader in our corporation. Mm-hmm. You saw the leadership is, is fantastic uh, and definitely an ambitious mama. But when she asked me, so she gave me, she gave us the book, gave us the package. And then she called me up and she said, so like, just ask me really honestly, she said, what, how do you feel as a leader in network marketing with USANA? How do you feel about having another leader from another company come and speak? Like, what are your thoughts on this? And I was like, mm-hmm. bring it on. Are you kidding me? I said like, hell yes, I'll be front row. And so will my team, because I think 
there is this old school mentality. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's network marketing specific, but I think it's like even in like uh, corporate situations where they're trying to protect people and keep their people their, their own and like they don't want anyone to go somewhere else, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it's all about empowering people on their journey and, you know, how could you speak to that? Like to be a confident leader and not worry about losing your team or losing your employees. I think you have just hit the huge MLM pain point button. You just hit it. Like that is it. I think all of this mentality of these people are mine infighting over who enrolled who and whose was whose. And I was talking to them first and they're mine is the reason that I think people like me tend to run away from MLM, right? Because we're not, I'm not here for that. I don't want that in my everyday. I have kids. (laughs) They do that. I don't want any more of that. (laughs) So I think that all stems from this viewpoint of the world that everything is scarce. It's a scarcity mindset. There's Mm -hmm. not enough for me. We have, we have believed the lie that success is this pie. Again, I talk about this in Boss Up, so if you've read it, I'm just going to say it again. Success is this pie, and we believe that there's only so many pieces of this pie, right? There's eight pieces, and if someone in my sphere of influence or someone who I follow or someone who I came after goes and you see them get their piece and eat it, well, that's one less piece for you. So I need more. I need more hustle, more, more intensity, more desperation is what it really comes across as. More desperation, and I promise you, your customers will feel the desperation. Mm -hmm. When you are so desperate to keep people, the thing that you are trying to hold so tightly will run away from you. Mm -hmm. My therapist always says, the thing that you fear is what you draw near. So whatever it is you're afraid of, you're afraid of your people leaving, you will do everything to hold on to them. And because of that, they will, you will drive them away. And so I always try to tell people like, look, you cannot control people. People are not yours to own, have, decide for. They make their own choices. So the same thing with recruiting when you're trying to talk to people about a product and you're trying to you know, get them in and get them hooked on the product and you want them to order again and again and again, they will only do that for so long for you. Mm-hmm. Eventually, their need must be met and we will all do whatever we need to do to get our highest needs met. It's just yeah. the truth. And if your company or your agenda is not one of their highest needs, there's a likelihood they're not going to stay around for you because you've guilted them or because you feel like you need them. And so you want to hold on to them. In fact, again, I think it's going to make them go the opposite way. Really what we have to do and, and what I talk a lot about to my team is holding our, our team and our business with an open hand where mm-hmm. people are free to come and go. And because of that, they make the choice to come and they make the choice to stay. You never have to save them. You don't have to save people. You don't have to worry about who's getting what. There's room enough for all of us because the truth is success is a pie. It's there waiting for you. Your piece is there. It's an infinite pie. It's waiting for you and your piece is going to taste different than everyone else's. Don't get to the top, taste someone else's piece of pie and then be disappointed in how bad you don't like it. go to the top and eat your piece of pie that's meant for you. Don't worry about the people that come for you and and, and you're not for. They're for another leader. They're Mm -hmm. not meant for you, 
right? If they have a problem with whatever you're saying or what your face looks like or what your body looks like or, or what you do, they're not for you. They're for someone else. And you focusing so much on getting the people that are not for you is, is cutting you off from all the people that want to connect with you. Yeah. Oh my God. So good. I'm like nodding my head off over here. Uh, <laughs> and I just had this talk with um, one of my teams as well, um, like in one specific city. And, you know, it was like, I invited her. No, I invited her. And I was like, you guys, like we yeah. have to this. Yeah. And it really, it's the, I always just say, it's the customer's choice. The minute yeah. you try to take that off of their plate, they're gone. See ya. You've just lost all the trust you built with them. Yes. Let them choose whoever they want to work with. That's fine. There's another person coming behind them. If you're willing to shift your focus on them. Absolutely. And I think the same would go for products. You would say too, like if same. you're presenting and they're like, well, what about such and such brand? And you're like, well, I know these strengths. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, and your competition really isn't the person working next to you. Your competition no. is whatever the, the fastest way to get whatever the pro the other product is. Right. So like, you know, if you're, if you're in a health and wellness company, you've got like, let's say a drink that you're trying, you know, an energy drink, let's say a natural energy drink, your competition is, is monster. It's Red Bull. It's whatever that quick energy drink is that they can swing through and get it for half the price. And, and, a you know, a 20th of the time, that's your competition. Be worried about that. How can you make things easier for your customer rather than worrying about what other customer, what other person is, is talking to your customer? You're wasting your time. You're thinking about the wrong thing and you're competing with the wrong person. It's the ego, right? It is. It is. Those <laughs> not your ego. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, um, I don't know how this is going to go, but I thought of something fun to do with you. Um, <laughs> Because you are such like, to me, you're the truth telling queen. All right. What I'm most really inspired um, and definitely empowered to start living more of is to be like more unapologetic of just like saying exactly what's on my mind without yeah. fear of mm -hmm. not being liked, et cetera. Right. I love it. So I have kind of like three kind of like fictional scenarios. Okay. Right? which probably ring true in many different, many different people listening. And I would ask in these scenarios, what would be the, the no nonsense advice that we could give to each of these scenarios? Okay. Let's do it. Okay. okay. Hope this works. <laughs> it's going to work. Okay. So here is an, um, a woman, a mom. So all these are all be moms. Okay. So she is already successful in her own right. Okay. She is ambitious. She is type A. So she wants to succeed. She has succeeded. Um, and she has been attracted to the network marketing lifestyle and what, it, what, how, what you can gain from it. And she signs up mm -hmm. and she quickly realizes that she's not going to be the superstar right away. <laughs> um, that it's going to require time probably loss of ego, um, to become this, the superstar that she already is, but it's going to take time to actually get the results that she really is aligned with. Mm -hmm. So she realizes this and she's like, she wants to run away and she may actually do so with some really reasonable reason <laughs> or what is it called? Practical sounding reason. Okay. <laughs> so she wants to run. Yeah. 
And it, what is my advice to get her to stay? Yeah, like, do, do we let her go? Or do we say like, like this is someone who wants to take to the top, but she's like, oh shoot. Like it's, it's gonna take longer than I thought. Yeah. It's not a, um, okay. So my very first thing would be to go back and, and yes, the first to answer that question. Yes, if she wants to leave, you absolutely let her go. Mm -hmm. uh, I would, before I did that, I would have the same conversation that I likely had with her when she first was interested in whatever XYZ product was in yeah. front of her. Um, because it, I, I think that in order to get into any business, there's got to be a reason. There's a, there's a question mark behind the dollar sign, right? It's not the paper dollars. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that she decided she needed the money in the first place. She's successful, but what does she need? Is it like a car payment every month? Is it a, a mortgage payment every month? Is it to set herself up for financial freedom in the next five years? And I would ask her practically if she was willing to be putting in the effort on that dream is what's behind the dollar sign strong enough to give up all the things she's going to have to give up. Mm -hmm. If it's not, she must go. She must go. She's not ready. There's some reason that she's too afraid to go get that thing or she hasn't found the thing to put behind the dollar sign. She just wants whatever the ego wants in that situation. Maybe it's the eyes. Maybe it's the, you know, the things, the great vacations that she sees mm -hmm. other people taking, whatever it is. Maybe it's the school tuition she wants to put her, her kids in. I don't know what it is, but whatever is behind that dollar sign is not connecting emotionally to her soul. Because mm. if it was, there's no way she would quit. <laughs> mm. For me, you know, it started out small and I did group, group goals with my husband at the time. And I was like, hey, if you can support me in this, the first thing we'll do is pay for the girls' tuition. I really wanted to put them in Christian school. We'll pay for, you'll, you know, we'll, I will pay for the girls' tuition with this in cash upfront. And that was a great goal for us. So he understood why I was spending my time there. He was able to pitch in and help me. I think it's also important to find out how much support she's got. If she's a single mom. We cannot expect that she's going to be putting in 100-hour work, week, work weeks. I personally had to sit my husband down and, and ask him for the help and the support. Hey, I'm going to be working ridiculous hours. I'm going to do that when the kids are home and I'm home with them and you're at work. And then I'm going to do that when you come home too. I think it could set ourselves up for financial freedom in the future, but I can't do it without your support. So can you just please come home and not judge my house, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or not tell me what didn't get done that day or not look at it and think, what did she do all day while I was busting my butt to bring home money this month? Um, and I just had to ask him, can you support me the way that I've supported you in your yeah. career? And, and of course the answer was yes. So there might be a lot of things going on behind the scenes here that are making her feel like she needs to run. And mm -hmm. if the right decision for her family is to run, the right decision for you is to say, we're still friends. I love you. I'm here anyway. Let me know whenever it's time, whenever you find the right thing to put behind those dollar signs, mm -hmm. I got you girl. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. And I, I just love that piece that you had that conversation with your husband. That is so huge. Yeah. And you actually, yeah, mentioned, I agree. Uh, that communication piece, like just like speaking so vulnerably and open with your husband. In yeah. Your Instagram today. And it's, yeah, it's, it's very, it's weird. So I've, I've kind of, I was, what she's talking about is I've transitioned into talking to my husband um, and asking him the kind of questions about his stories that I don't know yet. 
um, yeah. as I did when we first started dating. You know, when you first start dating somebody and, and you just, you can't get enough of them. You want to know all the things about them. Tell me everything. You can talk yeah. for hours on the phone. You stay up all night and you're speaking. Yeah. And that is what I want to get back to. And so I'm trying to find that feeling in my marriage again, because I don't believe that it has to ever go away. And I have found that the secret is asking really good questions and listening to the answers. And I've never been more attracted to my husband in my life. <laughs> and we're thir 13 years into marriage. <laughs> and that's hot too. When you're like, they're telling you some story from before your time. You're yes. like, I want no more. Plus you know? It like creates this space for them to be a little bit vulnerable. And then and, and one admission leads to the next, to the next, to the next, wow. to the next story. And I'm starting to put like this this little nice timeline of his life together where I feel like I actually know the boy he was, even though I didn't know him at that time. And yeah. I'm able to see from an outsider's perspective, how I can help him heal that little boy. Oh. Uh, and I'm hoping he will do the same thing for me. Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So I have two other examples here. And I was, my thought process behind this is, you know, just I love this. I think it's a great idea. Relatable ideas to people who are growing these businesses. Okay. So stay at home mom, this mm -hmm. example, stay at home mom, maybe similar to where you were at when you started, right? So she's craving more. Mm -hmm. um, maybe she totally loves mumming hard, but maybe she also, that's not her gem exactly, mm -hmm. but she loves her kids. Yep. So um, she is inspired by the, um, by the team or the person who is sharing network marketing with her. She's probably drawn to the community. Um, she's like, even just going to that event, she's, she's starting to get uncomfortable and getting comfortable, getting uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, she gets a little bit of success, but then she hits a plateau and the, the fear sets in big time. Maybe the money's not coming in fast enough. Maybe the hubby's like, where's the money? Um, and she wants to just give up on everything and forget why she started. Mm -hmm. How would we support her in a truthful way. Yeah. So I would say that she maybe is getting caught up in the things that she's supposed to do. And that could, again, that can only last so long. You're only going to do things for other people for so long. Yes. Eventually you will go back to your priority of getting your highest needs met. And if those needs aren't getting met fast enough, your mind, your caveman mind goes, Oh, stop what you're doing. You are messing everything up now. It's not going like you thought it was. Quick, run away, right? Let's go find something else. Something else is easier out there. There's a shiny thing that's easier yeah. for you out there. Yeah. Number one, your caveman brain is a liar. <laughs> your caveman brain has been trained to be afraid of bears and lions and people with spears outside <laughs> of your cave. <laughs> and it needs to keep you safe and small. And the yeah. more safe and small you are, the less likely you are to get mauled by whatever beast is outside of your caveman door, <laughs> that is no longer a problem for you. You don't have to worry about that. You are safe in your world. None of us have ever died because of somebody said something about us. None of us have ever died from working too hard towards something that we wanted. <laughs> Our mind just convinces us that it's true. And as soon as you say it out loud, you'll go, I can't believe I believe that. How stupid. <laughs> when you say it out loud or write it down, it becomes so much easier to see. So what I would actually do is sit this person down and just say, let's create a lane for you. Let's create a lane for you in this business where you can do the things that you actually really like to do. And remember, you love connecting with people. <laughs> you yeah. love connecting from, with women that are outside of your sphere. You love talking to adults on a daily basis because your toddlers are just waiting for you to talk to you about goldfish snacks. So if you'd like to, that's out there. But I know that you really want to be talking to adults, right? Because you've told me that. 
Yeah. So let's create a lane for you where you can work in the things that you actually like to do instead mm -hmm. of trying to fit yourself into somebody else's box. How do you want to talk to people about this product? How do you want to get people to whatever, you know, whatever goal it is that you've got for yourself, whatever is behind your dollar signs, how are you going to do that? So you actually like your day. Uh, in chapter two and three of boss up, there's a bunch of questions just like that to help you identify the kind of person that you are, the things that you liked before you had kids in case you've forgotten, because trust me, mom brain is real. Mm -hmm. uh, look, <laughs> it's going to ask you questions about the things that you're actually good at and have succeeded at in the past. And then on top of that, it's going to ask you questions about what of those things do you actually like? I can make spreadsheets. I'm very good at it. I can figure out Excel. I understand it. I've taken classes on it. I'm good at it. I don't like doing it. So if my job became about making spreadsheets, of course I would run away from it. I don't like it. I'm not fulfilled by it. And if this is not going to bring me fulfillment now, then it's definitely not going to bring it at the end, right? The fulfillment, you have to enjoy the journey. And if you don't, it's not worth it. So find out ways that you can help her enjoy her job a little bit more, even though the payoff isn't what she wants it to be. How can you in, entice her to go get more of that? And I think it's really about doing what fulfills you now and not waiting until you get to that success. Cause I promise that line is going to move that finish line moves every time you yeah. get there. <laughs> and I think you're such a great example of like with network marketing specifically, but any, any business like with network marketing, it's like, well, I need to do it this way. Like this person, mm -hmm. I think that's where people get a lot really tripped up too, because oh, yes, you know, if they're coming in and I mean, I, you know, I've created something with our income where I was able to retire my husband and we're both home full time. Right. So yeah. which is beautiful, but that's not duplicatable for someone who's working a day job and has, yeah. you know, so it's like really important that just like you said, that it feels good and it's yeah. practical. Yeah. And I think one other piece of that is, is kind of like you're saying, like finding out what's going to work for me, for you. And I think there's a lot of regurgitation of the same information inside mm -hmm. of MLM education. I'll just be honest about that. I think yeah. that people aren't thinking outside the box. It's really this, like make a list of all the people that you know, and then cold call them and tell them about the opportunity you have for them. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that works like it, you want it to work. <laughs> I oh. think it can work long-term, but I don't think it's the quick payoff that you want. If what she wants is a really quick payoff, hey, I want that. I want to start and be at the very end in 15 months, 16 months, a year, two years, whatever it is. Well, you're going to have to disrupt an, an, an industry. Okay. That doesn't just happen because, you know, you, you just show up one day and you ask for it. It happens when you create it on purpose. And that's going to take a lot of time, effort, and sticking your neck out and looking like a crazy person in order to do. So my, my MLM business did build really fast, but I also came in and said, what all these other people are doing, we're not doing. And that caused a lot of backlash. I got a lot of backlash from corporate at the beginning. I got a lot of backlash from other distributors at the beginning because that scarcity mentality, oh, this is different. Yeah. You know, what am I not doing? This is saying something about what I'm not doing. But the truth was I was just making it work for me so that I loved it. And that I felt like the people that were like me would connect to the information. So if she wants it fast, you can do that. You need to get out there and really bring your personal thoughts, feelings, emotions, and ideas to the situation so that she can disrupt an industry. Uh, but if you're just doing what everybody else is doing, you're going to grow just like everybody else. Yeah. Amen. And that's why I'm like, I'll be front row when Lindsay's, <laughs> I haven't had a seven figure month or year. You'll um, get there, girl. You'll get there. <laughs> okay. One last example here. Okay. So she's a career mom. 
Okay, so this mom here specifically, she went to school for a long time. Right. <laughs> she probably has initials next to her name, or <laughs> she's very specific over what she went to school for. Um, and that's really very much part of her identity. Mm -hmm. um, but if she's honest with herself, she's super burnt out. She has three, four kids, two, three, two to four kids at home. And she's just not happy. And she's like, okay, I see this other way, you know, as I see Krista modeling this other way or I see whoever, mm -hmm. and maybe I want that too, but it's like, I can't because I'm this, mm -hmm. you know, and it's mm -hmm. like so stuck to this and it's like, they won't, nope, nope, you know, <laughs> but they actually want it. Is yeah. there a way to talk to, the, to those women who need us, but are like, ah, I can't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, you'd have to have um, some, there'd have to be some trust. Like this person is already kind of sketched out about their role and where they're at. It might feel a little bit out of control. Uh, they're stuck, I would say, maybe even golden handcuffed to what they do. Uh, if they stop doing that, where's the money going to come from, right? And it would be a huge risk to have kids quit your job one day and just decide, I'm going to make it an MLM when having no idea if you will or not. Uh, I wouldn't say that would be a smart choice unless what you are working for is so deeply connected to you that you will never stop running for it. Right. Uh, but if that's not the case, if she's just feeling burned out, she's not sure, um, I would say that, that you need to present all opportunities. So it would, it would look like this. Hey, you know, what's going on? Like, what is not making you happy about what you're doing? You don't love it and you feel like you could love this. How do the skills transfer from that to this? Mm -hmm. And then present the fact that you, just because some people go all in doesn't mean you have to go all in. I mean, in an office environment, you've got people that are there from five minutes after they're supposed to be there until five minutes before they're supposed to leave. And then you have the people that come in two hours before and stay until God knows when, because that's what they feel like they should be doing, right? There's going to be across the board, a bunch of different kinds of people doing this. It doesn't mean that you have to go all in and I need a hundred hours a week, a week from you. That's yeah. not true. And the truth is, you don't need a hundred hours a week from you. You will get out exactly what you put in. But if you want to start to make a way out, if you can see the writing on the wall, that this is not going to be the thing that long-term fulfills you, and you're going to get through half of your life and have a midlife crisis eventually, then let's start making a plan to get out of there. Mm -hmm. And if that means <clears throat> searching for something else, then great. If it means getting some side income going until you can actually quit that job and, and buy your employment over here, then let's do that. Whatever it is that you want, I want. Let me help you make a plan. Love it. And like, it's not your identity. You don't become the, the oil girl or the vitamin. Oh gosh, girl. that's so true. Yeah, because we aren't what we sell. Like, I, I mean, I know I mentioned this to you earlier. Like, my product is not my purpose. Mm -hmm. I love the product. But the thing that I love most about the company that I came from is that they showed me, they basically held up a mirror and showed me who I really was and what yep. I really wanted to do. And I found out that me selling my product was great and fun. And I got a, a certain high off of every time that, that it went through and everything went well. And I was like, yeah, I love that. But the thing that I really long-term was fulfilled by was teaching other women how to do that same thing, how mm -hmm. to help them build their empires. That's the thing that affects me on a very deep cellular level. It's what mm -hmm. I feel called to do. And I did not know that until I stepped into that leadership role. And at that point, my, 
my desire was not about how much more product could I sell. It was about how many more people could I help do the same thing down the road. And I was moving as fast as I could to get to that place where I could be a speaker and an entrepreneur and an author and be able to tour and talk to women like you that are outside of my industry. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, all of the things that I learned were outside of my industry. I've never read an MLM book. I've never been to an MLM con uh, conference. I have never held a class in my life. I don't want to do those things. And so because those things aren't in my wheelhouse, I would rather get an outside perspective and bring something new to my team rather than just a regurgitation of what everybody else is doing. And so I constantly look at what is everyone else doing? How can I do that differently? And that's very fulfilling to me. And someone who's stuck in a mundane job might be very attracted to something like that. Oh, I'm obsessed with you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stop it some more. I am obsessed. Oh my God. You're like speaking to my soul. Um, okay. So here's a quick question or that's actually not going to be quick at all. I don't think <laughs> the answer is not going to be quick. Maybe. Okay. So my boys only know me as an entrepreneur, your girls. I think that's all they yeah, know. That's all they know. Yeah. So how, how do you think, and, and you also come from a long, like your family tree is filled with entrepreneurial women. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so not the first for sure. So awesome. So I guess the question is, how do you think, or how do you know, uh, and have you witnessed so far that your entrepreneurship, your ambition has affected your children, your girls? Oh my gosh, this is such a good question. And I think it's the question that we should be asking about our kids rather than the, you know, how do you raise them right? And let's talk about what you didn't do and what, what was missing and why are your kids in therapy and why were you not there for that? This is the right questions. So I'm going to give you a clap for that, first of all. And second of all, I will say that my, I, I just, I, I'm not called to be the stay-at-home mom. I thought I was. They handed me those babies and I swear to you, I thought everything that I ever wanted in my life is going to fly right out that window and everything that I am is going to be coming about what my kids want. I really did think that. And it took me about three seconds to figure out Nope. I'm still the same person I was before they handed them to me. Now yeah. I'm just drowning. <laughs> so how can I still go get what I want while also making sure that two babies get fed and diapered 20 times a day? How is this going to happen? And I really went through this like existential problem <laughs> at that time where I was like, how do I talk about this? I'm so ashamed of this. And it wasn't until my mom died and she died when she, when I was 30, she was 53. Uh, my, my, my youngest had just been born. She was just out to film and my mom was in great health at that time, mm -hmm. but she in her thirties had an, a heart attack. She didn't know about and scar tissue built up in her heart. And she died instantly of a massive heart attack at 53. Mm -hmm. And I, that was so left field. Like you could have listed me hundreds of people <laughs> that I would have thought would have died before my mom. And uh, when I kind of took survey of her life, I realized that all of her some days we're going to do this were still on the table. She died having never gone to Italy and drank the wine, having never taken my family on this, you know, river rafting trip that she was, she wanted to go on in the Grand Canyon, having mm -hmm. never done the things in her life that were going to be for her. Mm -hmm. And I felt an immense sadness for her. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you know what, I cannot allow 
the way I feel about my mom to be the way my kids feel about me. And mm -hmm. so it was that day that I decided, oh no, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna own the way that I feel. I don't really care what anybody says about it because I, I, I know what it feels like to put yourself in the position of an unfulfilled life. Now, mm -hmm. my mom had great kids and she, she would tell you that she loved her life, but I think there was a lot of fear in her and a lot of scarcity where she never allowed herself to go do the things that she wanted to because she was too afraid for whatever reason. And mm -hmm. I don't want to be that example. And so I always try to show my kids what it looks like to go first and go after what you want. And I think because they've seen that, they realize, oh, hey, this creative thing that I'm doing is as important as my math homework. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, that failure, like my mom's crying over there. She's very sad about something that her happened in her business because she cares about it. That is the example that I want to be to my kids. I want them to see that it's okay to be emotionally connected to what you do, to love it to the point of tears, to hate it some days to the point of tears, but not give up on it. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we can switch our focus from giving the things to our kids that we never had to showing them and teaching them the things that we never learned, we will be better mothers for it. And if the way that I'm supposed to show them that is through my work example, then that's what it is. That's what God's called me to do. It's what mm -hmm. I believe. And my kids, I can be just as good of a mom doing this and teaching them how to make money off of their skills and talents and things that they love as I can being there for every boo-boo. Because to be honest, I'm not there some days when they fall. I travel for work. So, you know, they may bust their knee and I'm not the one to kiss their boo-boo, but there sure is somebody there. And there's a benefit to my kids that it's not me that's the one to be there. Mm -hmm. And so long and so often during mom guilt, we think it has to be us. It has to be us. But I promise you, if something happened to you, your kids would survive. It doesn't have to be you. Your ego is just telling you that it does. Stop that. You can't be in two places at once. Own what you're supposed to do, what you feel called to do, own it. And your kids will learn the right lessons from you if you allow them to have a, a behind the scenes look at it. So I bring my kids with me sometimes. They're gonna be with me in San Diego when I go and speak, uh, when I see you next. My, I'm bringing them with me because I want them to see it. Not all the time, but enough that they can see me really thrive and really fail. Oh, I can't wait to meet them. <laughs> they're gonna love it you're gonna love it. they love people they're they're the sweetest in the world I love them so much we live a really different kind of life where we're together a lot because they're homeschooled and their teacher actually comes to our house so oh. we see each other a lot and we're extremely close uh and so it's really fun for them to see me kind of in an outside public role and outside of my yoga pants <laughs> I mean I think you just really oh I mean I'm just gonna listen to that uh, like over and over again because it's it's speaks to my heart so much and when I was hearing your story initially about like when my oldest was born I'm like oh boy like this yeah. you know and it was really confusing yeah yes um but knowing that like you know we've totally shift roles at our house you know daddy's the one that's there yep. when I'm gone and it's awesome. It's and so awesome. And think about now the relationship that your kids get to have with your husband, right? Like I think about my husband working with me and my kids, not knowing what it feels like to have a dad go off to work, not knowing what it feels like to have a dad just come home just in time for them to be in bed, not knowing what it feels like for him to travel, uh, you know, during the week for weeks on end. And I feel like 
that alone, that perk has been worth every sacrifice oh. of entrepreneurship because I think especially mm -hmm. girls, I have all girls mm -hmm. and I want my girls to have the strongest relationship with their father. Yeah. And uh, that only happens from actually being in each other's presence. And, and yeah. I want that for everyone. So it doesn't yeah. have to be me as the mom. It can be him and be an amazing thing for them. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I, I think you just answered this last question, but we'll, we'll, we'll see if you have any other just beautiful wisdom to share. So I guess it is it's like, we know we've already touched on it a few times when you're ambitious, when you're an entrepreneur, it's one hell of a roller coaster. Yeah. Oh God. It's such a roller coaster. Um, so I mean, the question is why is it worth it? Like for, yeah. for women who are just like, Oh, that's okay for Lindsay. That's okay for Chris. I'm not about to do that. It's like, mm -hmm. should, and could we encourage them to embrace ambition? Mm -hmm. and to go after more? Yeah. I mean, yes. And, and maybe your ambition is about raising your kids and being a mom. And I am here for that. Mm -hmm. Hear me, whatever your ambition and calling is, I'm here for that. What I don't want us to do is skate through this time where we have kids sacrifice everything on who we are and what we love because we think it's the right thing. We mm -hmm. feel pressured to do it because that's what society told, tells us is normal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we skate through this time unhappily. Our kids witness and, and know an unhappy mother. That was my situation. I felt like I didn't even know my real mother until I turned 25. As soon as, as, soon as I was out of the house and she got out of a very unhappy existence, I really got to know her for the last five years of her life. And I feel so lucky to have done that, to have known her as a person outside of work. Um, but I think that whatever your calling is, it's your duty to explore that. It's what is going to give you that fulfillment at the end of your life uh, where you're sitting on your deathbed, whether you're conscious or not. And you look back and go, did I live well? Did I love well? Did I make a difference in other people's lives? Mm -hmm. And I think so often we're afraid to think down there. We feel like, oh, you know, I'll think about that tomorrow. I'm too busy today. Uh, you never know when tomorrow is not going to come. Mm -hmm. Today is the day to live your life. And yes, I think it's worth every effort to go out and find a way to raise amazing humans and live the life you're called to live, whether that's just being a stay-at-home mom, and I say just like it's not the hardest thing in the world, but being a stay-at-home mom and raising children intentionally and being there and helping them learn who they are, that's awesome. If it's through something else, that's awesome. God has made us all different and unique and wonderfully made in unique ways. And I think it's our duty to explore that. And I just feel like at the end of your life, if you can't say yes, I freaking did it. I lived a life where I felt fulfilled in my days, even in the points between A and Z, right? Mm -hmm. And I, that's the key really is to enjoy B through Y. <laughs> and mm -hmm. we're so caught up in getting to Z and what that's going to look like, or we're avoiding thinking about Z and what that's going to look like, but that Z is coming for you. Mm -hmm. No one is coming to save you from your day. It's only you that's going to have the guts and the courage to say yes to what you want and then stand up for it because you will have to defend it over and over and over again. But I promise you, once you get there and you're feeling like, you know what, I don't love everything I do every day, but overall I love my life and what I get the opportunity to learn and see and do. There's just no, there's no 
substitute for it. It's a high like you like you've never received before. And it opens up opportunities for you to do for other people like you never imagined you could. And I'm just telling you right now, as much as I heard this before I got there, the giving away feels so good. But if you don't have margin, you cannot give away. But I really think that's really the essence of life is connecting with other human beings. And we do that in different ways. And, and for me, it's through my business. And if you have any, anything in your heart that says, and that might be for me, I, I, want you, I want you to be encouraged to go and do that. You are strong enough. You are smart enough. You are uniquely equipped to do whatever is in your heart to do. You just have to set the right thing behind that dollar sign. Yeah. Go girl. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I, I can't possibly even say anything else. That was perfect. You're just leaving on such a high note. Oh, I'm so glad. The feeling of I've got this, we've got yes. this, whatever we want to do. You are amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you for your, just your pure generosity and just like your you know, you've, you've done, you've created so much in such a beautiful life and you are sharing that with the world. And, um, I'm so grateful and I know hundreds and hundreds and thousands <laughs> of other women are grateful as well. So I'm so excited for my audience to meet you and to see you in San Diego. Thank you. It's been my honor and my pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lindsay. See ya. Woo. Okay. <laughs> I think I need a nap to be honest because this ambitious mama is like full, full of inspiration, full of just, oh, oh my God, it was so good. I also feel like I just like let go of a lot of stuff too, like that I'm going to go have a long bath and then I'm going to have a nap, but gearing up for this podcast and, you know, getting ready to hear this next level advice, um, Oh my gosh, it was just such a beautiful experience, but then also really being in it. And I think I said in the beginning of the intro, I said, you know, Lindsay delivers the whole, the cold, hard truth. But in, in actuality, I believe that the truth is actually quite compassionate, quite warm. I think it actually takes more compassion, more love to really to say things effectively from your heart and exactly what you mean and using the EI, the emotional intelligence, the Enneagram, like knowing how to speak to each two people so that they can hear you. Um, but I really just leaned in in that conversation and just soaked it all up. Those last few minutes, like I'm going to listen to those, that, those last few minutes like a hundred times. They were so good, but so many aha moments. Please, please, please. I need to know that I'm not here just having these major moments by myself, like DM me, I don't know, do something on stories, share it on stories, send me a message on Facebook, whatever, hop on over to our after party and uh, let me know what really, what really, really, really spoke to you, but more importantly, what actions are you going to take? Really curious. So that is a wrap, ladies. And to any of the amazing, brave gentlemen who are also here, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. I am dedicated to this journey with you. I'm dedicated to this journey of growth and I'm dedicated to the feeling of helping you really know and understand and feel it in your body that you've got this. You've got everything you need. And I hope to be a part of your journey, just pointing you in the right direction, reminding you of things, giving you strategy. So thanks again for being here and we'll talk soon. Bye.
Hi, I'm Krista Rialba. I'm an entrepreneur, an international speaker, the host of the Ambitious Mama podcast, and I have built a wellness empire in the direct sales industry. As a mother of two awesome boys, I feel deeply connected to mentoring mothers in both business and in life. What has driven me for over a decade is empowering women with the feeling of, I've got this. I support women to create a life aligned with what matters most. I adore my community and together we bring meaning to the hashtag women supporting women. I believe that no matter what stage of life you're in, we crave community and fulfillment. That feeling of, yes, this feels really good. I was born to do this. When your passion impacts others, your purpose is born. And when you have women cheering you on to go for it, well, this is the sweet stuff right here. I'm here to grow with you. Let's create magic together.